0: have your Bibles. John 11 is the story of Lazarus being raised from the dead. But I want us to learn a lot of little things from this story today. Let me ask you a question. If you wanted to live better, where would you go to hear about it? Do they teach you that at work? If you wanted to love your wife more, your husband more, would you go to Somebody at work? If you wanted your children to tell the truth and learn that that is right, where would you go? Amen. The Lord designed a local church to help all of us take His Word and apply it to our lives that we could be like him. That's what this place is for. You can't go any place else. Now, if you go to a church that doesn't use a copy of this book, then you might as well go to work and ask for advice. I'll never forget. How many of you know where the National Cathedral is? Okay. I... I was a youth pastor for 14 years. I brought some young people up here to CDC, and, and uh, I thought it'd be a cool idea to go to the National Cathedral, and I uh, had no idea what it was like. And so uh, I brought my 11, 12 young people, and and uh, it was Sunday morning, and we were downtown. I, I said, well, we'll just go to the National Cathedral. And so um, I, I I didn't, just didn't know. And um we walked in there. I don't know, maybe there was four, or 500 people there, and there were 12 Bibles, mine and the other 11 young people. And he spoke from a newspaper article that he had read previously. And I got my young people together after that time. I looked at them all, and I looked at them and said, I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? I didn't take you to church this morning and I apologize. And I learned my lesson. So I want you to know we always use a copy of this book to be able to study, to learn how to build our homes, how to walk in such a way, how to take your parents and treat them right. You're not going to hear that with your friends. Rehoboam didn't hear about that. You're not going to hear about right and wrong in his sight, any place else but a good local church where they're going to take a copy of the Scriptures and try to share with you the things that that pastor has been uh, on his knees about or, Lord, would you show me so I can give to them. That's what a church is for. God ordained a local church. And this is not just a place that you come because you see it's a pretty building. I want you to be able to come and be comfortable and listen without distraction. So how many of you have knocked flies out of the air in this room? Well, I have in, on the mission field many times, and it's a struggle to listen sometimes when he's flying around. So there's a reason why we try to have a comfortable place for you to come without distraction. There's a reason there's a nursery. It's, it's so that the children that, that are too young to know that you shouldn't scream out and cry out, they, they have a place where they can enjoy themselves and hear a Bible story or if they're young enough to, old enough to understand. And, and, and yet, uh, this place is a place for somebody to care about you and share the Word of God with you. I pray for the people in this church. <clears throat> I know the other pastors do also. This is a place where you can feel safe. I grew up in a Christian home until I was early teens. Then it all fell apart. that drives me that causes me to go back to the scriptures to say lord how can we do better i want your home to be strong i want your marriage to be strong so many of you are on my personal prayer list that i pray every day for you and when i hear something i put you on my prayer list and i pray for you and 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 i want you to know it's not just that it's it not just that you're somebody that that uh, uh, your number or name here, I I want you to know that we love you, care about you. It's not always perfect, and we don't always do the right thing, just like I took the kids to the National Cathedral. We don't always do the right thing. But when I don't do the right thing, I can, Lord willing, have the courage to say, look, I'm sorry, I didn't handle that well, but I do care about you. I want you to see that as you read and study God's Word, you never have to worry about an apology from the God of heaven. It's always right. That gives me great comfort. Now, I want to just draw your attention to this passage a little bit, if you would. I want you to understand that it's always right to trust the Lord, to trust the Lord with your soul. It's always right to trust the Lord with your problems. It's always right to trust the Lord with the the needs that you have that you don't have an answer for. It's always right to trust Him. Now, I want to take just a minute and notice, number one, I'm going to just give you real simple thoughts through here that I hope the Holy Spirit will take and touch your heart. I want you to notice, look at verse 5. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Now, we only know about Martha and Mary. We don't know much about Lazarus. But we know a little bit about them. And we know that if you were to take your Bible and turn to Luke 10, I want you to see this. Look with you at Luke 10. I want you to see this this passage. We'll learn a little bit about Martha and Mary Notice with me, if you would, uh, Luke 10. Look with me, if you would, in verse number 38. Now it came to pass as they went that they entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. So Martha owns a house. Mary apparently is with her, but maybe Martha is the oldest. And you'll notice, and she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. So both ladies apparently sat at Jesus' feet and heard him teach. Maybe they were there at the feeding of the 5,000 or the 4,000, but they were there. Notice, if you would, in verse number 40. But Martha was cumbered about much serving. Uh, cumbered is the word perispao. It's It's to be drawn about in many different things. Anybody here like that? You got a thousand little things that are going on. I just want you to know that the Bible said in, 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 in John chapter 11 that Jesus loved Martha. Even though she was a little off base. So uh, Jesus loves you here if you're a little off base. But he doesn't want you to stay there. And he loved Mary, now notice if you would a little bit more about Martha, and then we'll look at Mary. Look at verse 40. Uh, Martha was cumbered about much serving, and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care? Now, nobody in their right mind would ever ask that question. Lord, don't you care about me? But I have, from time to time, been in in deep trouble or been in a difficult spot. And I said, Lord, uh, do you hear me? Lord, do, do you really, are you really caring about me? Very selfishly. And the Lord still says, Dave Pittman, I love you. So, everybody in this room, if you have a feeling like, you know, Lord, where are you? The Lord loves you. There's nobody in this room. Now, this is a, a Christian that, that is struggling to be close to the Lord. Notice the next phrase The Lord does not care that my sister hath lent me to serve alone, uh, she, she's very selfish. Lord, don't you care? Won't you make my sister come and help me uh, prepare the, uh, the uh, turkey? Lord, won't you get my sister to come help me prepare the dressing? Lord, it's not fair. Would you get somebody? The Lord says, I love you, Martha. So when you and I are out of bounds, the Lord still says to you and I, I love you. When you haven't treated your wife right, when you haven't treated your husband right, when you haven't treated your parents right, the Lord still looks at you and says, I love you. His love is not in question. For God lo- so loved the world, everybody in it, sinners and saints alike. Notice, if you would, in verse number 41, And Jesus answered and said, to Martha, Martha. I tell you what, I do not like that, that, that tone there. Martha, Martha. I remember, uh, I remember David Lee. Oh, that was bad. Anybody of your parents that got a certain term for you, David Lee, I wanted to know my last name's not Lee. It's Pittman, Mom. I don't know who you're talking to, but I knew exactly who she was talking to. When she used my middle name, that meant I had done something I should think about ever doing again. Martha, Martha. Now, it was one thing for my mother to say it, but it would be a totally different thing if the God of heaven, the creator of the universe, looked at you and said, David Lee, what would we do? Notice, Martha, Martha, thou art careful. You're you're troubled and troubled about many things. Martha, you're out of my will. Martha, you're out of bounds. You're too worried about the things of this life. You're distracted. And folks, I want to tell you, that'd be most of us in this room. We're distracted. We've got way too many things going on in our lives. But notice what he says in verse number 42. But one thing is needful. And folks, today, I want to encourage everybody in this room, there's one thing that's important in life. And that's you and the Lord. That's it. How is your relationship with the Lord, your fellowship with Him? Number one, do you know Him as Savior? Number two, how is your walk with him? Are you close enough with him? Notice, if you would, I want you to see in, in verse number 42. And Mary hath chosen that good part. <coughs> what good part? The part that's important to the Lord. Now, now let's very carefully. You can choose the part of I want to make a living. And that may be the good part to you. But it's not to the Lord. You might say, well, I've chosen my job or I've chosen my retirement or I've chosen my health, and I'm going to put an emphasis upon my health. And so uh, how many I remember going to the airport. Uh, We were going someplace, I forget where it was, and and I remember seeing this huge guy walking around, and his arms were stuck out, and he couldn't bring them in because he had too many muscles, and and he just kind of walked out. You know, it was obvious to me that his whole life is wrapped up In strength and health. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but I want you to understand this, the Lord said, one thing is needful. And this is Martha, Martha, one thing is needful. It's not your job, it's not the money that you make, it's it's not the health that you keep up with. We all ought to keep up with our health. Um, you know, the, 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 the pastor or the, the evangelist came up to me and apologized sort of jokingly but I said hey man uh, you better watch what you preach on and he looked at me and he kind of said that and I said look we've got 60 something pies in there and there's 40 different kinds and you've got to preach on junk food hey what are you trying to do to us? You know, maybe you shouldn't come in there and eat. I'm coming in there. And so some of us, we kind of get a little bit out of balance, but at least we don't have that every Sunday night. We just enjoy it a little bit every once in a while. Okay, a little more balance. Well, the Lord is saying to Martha, Martha, one thing's important every day of your life. It's how are you and Jesus? Every day. Nothing's more important. Now, I want you to notice. Take, go back over, if you would, to John chapter ten, John chapter eleven, and notice, if, if you would, Jesus loves everybody. He loves the saint that's a little bit out of the Lord's will. But 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 understand this: uh, it was over. It was over dumb stuff. It was over a little selfishness because uh, she's not helping me clean up the house. Or she's not helping me cook, Lord. Uh, anybody ever got upset with someone, hey, th- they're not picking up their clothes, or hey, you're not doing this, or hey, you didn't uh, fill up the car with gas, or hey, you spent something on the credit card, I didn't know, and uh, hey, you bounced a check, or hey, you did this, or hey, you go to work, and and it's little things, but we're distracted from the one main thing, and all of us have to be careful of it, because it's Satan's plan, so notice what happens, <clears throat> In verse number 5, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So Jesus loves the very, very righteous. This is the Mary that goes and breaks her alabaster box and gives a year's wages for nothing in return. And broke it and poured it on Jesus' head just to show him how much she loved him. He loved her. Now it's easy to love her. Some people are easy to love. And some people are not as easy to love. But everybody here, Jesus says, I love you. There's nobody in this room that you can say, well, the Lord doesn't love me. Yes, he does. And the Bible says, you'll notice here in this passage, he loved them. But you'll you'll also notice, look down in verse number 32. um, uh, Excuse me, verse number 33. And when Jesus saw her, therefore weeping, and and the Jews also weeping, in which came with her, he groaned in the spirit. He cared about the Jews. They were the people that killed him. He cares about you even if you don't like him. He is the perfect example for you and I to love our enemies. Now I want you to notice if you would. The Lord always has a plan for you and I. You and I sometimes, I know I look at things and I say, Lord, I don't understand what you're doing. It seems like you're, you're going to the left, you're going to the right. Lord, it just doesn't seem like the way we ought to go, you and I. But what I must remember is his way is always right and my way is not always right. And so I need to take my path and my way and lay it at Jesus' feet and say, Lord Jesus, is this the way you want me to go? Lord, help me to go your way, not mine. I'm going to trust you. Folks, everybody in this room today, trust is the key word. Trust him. Trust him with the right definition of righteousness in your home. Trust him with the truthfulness in your home. Trust him that you teach your children the right things. Trust him, Lord, help me to live right in front of my children. Did you know this? Nobody in this room can live right in front of your children, but we can make it right. No one here can live right in front of your wife or your husband, but we can look at them and say, honey, I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? We can make it right. And if you come to church enough and you hear enough of God's word where it says, forgive, Forgive seven times 70. There's nothing that can't be forgiven. You don't hold something in your heart. Then if the other side over here says, Lord, help me to have a a, a tender spirit to be able to apologize and ask for forgiveness. Honey, I'm sorry. And over here it says, honey, you're forgiven. And where are you going to learn that from? At work? Are you going to learn it in your neighborhood? Are you going to at your HOA meetings? You're only going to learn to do what's right in this place, as long as we follow His book. It's us today. And that's part of the reason why I never want to miss. I, I want to be here. It's a part of the reason why I give is because I'm thankful for what I've been taught. And, 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 and you know, I, I want to pass down righteousness to my children and my grandchildren And I want you to be able to do that. I want you to be able to be 70 years old and look back and say, almost every one of my days I did what was right. And those I didn't, Lord, I'm so sorry. And I'm looking forward to the day, the last day, as it is appointed unto man once to die. I'm looking forward to that day because I'm going to see the Lord Jesus. I want that for you. But I can't force it. You have to choose the way of the Lord. You have to choose to trust Him with the principles that you teach in your home. You have to learn to trust Him with the principles that you learn to live by in your own heart. Folks, how many of you are enjoying all of the political ads for the voting this next week? So-and-so did this and -and so-and-so did that and they put it on the screen. Have they never read Proverbs where it says, speak good about your fellow man? The politicians never must have read this book. I mean, they're looking for the worst dirt they can find. Look, I want to win by right. I I, I want to be respected by right, not by exposing everybody else. Did you know what? I could expose everybody in this room if I spent much time with you, and you could expose me too all are sinners. Nobody's good enough. So the Lord said, I don't want you to expose each other. I want you to pray for each other. I want you to live right in front of each other. And so if we can get a collection of people that try to do what's right according to God's Word, and then when we make a mistake, we fall back on God's Word, forgive one another, and, and to pray for those that despitefully used. Do you know there are people in this room that have despitefully used others? I know you wouldn't believe that, but this is a church. But did you know that's happened? And it's going to happen some more. And we're going to have to forgive those people and pray for those people. But what I want you to understand from this passage is that the Lord loves all of us. He loves us when we're right, and He loves us when we're wrong. He's not proud of us when we're wrong, but He still loves us. So today, the love of God is in this room, and He's he's trying to surround you with His love and saying, look, will you trust me enough to do what's right? Now notice, if you would, in in verse number 6, I want you to notice a little phrase here. And when He had heard, therefore, that He was sick, when Jesus heard that He was sick, Lazarus, notice this. He abode two days in the same place where he was. Now, he's sick now, and he waits two more days to come. Now, notice with me, if you would, in verse number, uh, in verse number uh, 12. Then Jesus said unto his disciples, Lord, uh, then the disciples said to Jesus, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well. Now, this is after two days. Notice in verse number 11. These things said he, and after that he saith unto them, our friend Lazarus sleepeth. So this is two days later, Lazarus has died in those two days. Now, sometimes you're not going to understand what God is doing, and I'm not either. And I want you to see a classic example here. Notice, if you would, he says in verse number 11, he said, our friend Lazarus sleepeth. If he's your friend, why did you let him die? That's the question. Notice, if you would, in verse 11, but I go... That I may awake him out of sleep. Now the disciples didn't understand, they're clueless, just like I would have been, and you would have been. Well, Lord, if he's asleep, let's let him sleep. Notice verse 12. Then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well. Let's leave him alone. Verse 13: howbeit, Jesus spake of his death. But they thought that he had spoken of him taking of rest in sleep. Then Jesus said unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Now, this is two days after Jesus over here said, he's sick. Notice, if you would, down in verse number 21. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. Lord, you could have done something about it. How many of we, us in this room have ever had a circumstance in our life where we said, Lord, if you would have done something, that wouldn't have happened? That's our human nature. You think, now, wait a minute. Which girl, which one, which sister was this? The good sister, the, the righteous sister, or the one that's a little bit out of the Lord's will? This is the one a little bit out of the Lord's will. She said, Lord, if you'd have been here, my brother would not have died. You could have healed him. You could have made him better. Now, notice if you would look in verse number, uh, I want you to see verse 32. Then, when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet. There's a little different reaction here. She fell at his feet as though to worship him, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother, and not died, the exact same thing. Both of these women were faithless. Both of these women didn't have the trust in the God of heaven that his way is perfect. Lord, if you were to come earlier. Now, what would have happened if one of the, uh, let's say it's Judas's carrot, went up to uh, Mary and Martha and said, hey, girls, come over, I want to tell you something. Did you know when Jesus knew your brother was sick, you know what he did? He waited two more days so he could die. And then he came. How many Christians do that about other Christians all the time? It's the truth. Jesus did wait two more days, but he had a purpose. He had a reason. And you and I, we can't see that reason. So they could have very easily spread this gospel around Jesus Christ that he really doesn't care. And I think that's the reason, verse 5 and verse 32, Jesus loves us. Remember Get some foundational truths that you never forget. Jesus loves you, and that is the basis for everything that he does. He loves you. Is it not the way it is with every parent? Supposed to be. I love you, son. Uh, When I say David Lee, it's not for my benefit. It's for your benefit. I want you to grow. And so my heavenly father, when he says David Lee, I know one thing. It's for my benefit. And here Jesus is, we look at him and say, but Lord, why is it you waited when he was ready to be dying and you let him die? That's human. It's not spiritual. Lord, I know you love me. That's the foundational truth. And I know everything you do in this life is for my benefit good or bad, to make me a better Christian, to make me trust you more, to make me grow? Lord, I know that. I'll trust you. Do you know that Jesus loves you more than anything else in this world? Do you understand that? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That's all that needs to be said about everybody in this room, does God love you? Now, the next question is, do you believe everything he does is for your benefit? Notice, if you would, <clears throat> I'm not going to, don't have a lot of time, but I want you to notice, if you would. In verse number, take your Bible and turn me, if you would, to John chapter 11 and verse number 45. Then many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did believed on him. Now, let me just back up and remind you that God's got a plan. He loves you. That's a foundational truth you have to understand. And God is never surprised. He always has a plan. His way is perfect. Tis far, far better to let him choose the way that we should take. If only we leave our life with him, he will provide without mistake. We in our blindness would never choose a pathway dark and rough and so would never find in Him the God who is enough. You only find that God is strong enough, good enough, and gracious enough when you go down a blind alley, when you face death. When you face illness, when you face the loss of a job, when you're struggling in here, then you find that Jesus is enough. He is sufficient for everything that you need, but you have to trust him. Number one, he loves me. Number two, his way is always right. His plan is perfect for me. I'm going to find out how great a God he is. Now, Martha and Mary, neither one felt that. They said, Lord, if you'd have been here, my brother hadn't have died. He had a better plan. He had a bigger plan. Now, notice with me, if you would, um, in, 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 in verse number 15, look at me, if you would, and I am glad for your sakes that I was not there speaking to the disciples to the intent that ye may believe. He's trying to teach his disciples a lesson. For them to learn to trust him that his way is always perfect. Here, they're the first ones that said in their minds, look, he said that he was sick and now he's asleep and we waited two days for him to die, Lord. I wonder what Jesus is thinking. Questioning the perfect God of heaven is not what Christians do if they want to walk with him. And so yet his disciples, he said, look, I've got this plan together. I'm going to allow Lazarus to die, but then I'm going to raise him from the dead so that my disciples will believe my way is perfect. Do you understand, number one, the Lord loves you, number two, his way is perfect as long as we're in his will. That's the key. I just have to be in his will. I just have to follow His Word and let His Word be my guide. Now, notice with me, if you would, not only that, but but you're going to see that uh, he, He's working with His disciples, but He's also to increase Mary's faith and Martha's faith. Notice, if you would, in verse number 25, Jesus saith unto her right after she said, I know that He shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day, verse 24, Uh, Jesus said, Martha, Lazarus is going to rise again. Look at verse 23. Jesus said, Thunder, thy brother shall rise again. But she's missed it. She thinks it's going to be at the end of the age or whenever uh, Jesus takes them all to heaven. Well, notice Martha said, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said, Thunder, I am the resurrection right now. And folks, you have to understand God is alive right now. He wants you to trust him. Notice verse number 27. She saith unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world, but I don't believe your way is perfect. I believe in you, Lord, but I don't believe you can do anything. Did you know there's no record that these two women ever prayed Lord, would you raise my brother from the dead? 47 years ago, when my wife and I were expecting a little girl, and she was, the doctors called us in the day of delivery and said, I'm sorry, but your baby died over the weekend. And my wife was sent home to carry a dead little girl. You know what I did? I stopped eating. It wasn't important for some reason. I got on my knees, and for six or seven days, I prayed and said, Lord, would you raise her up? Would you give me my little girl back? I don't care if the doctor's made a mistake and she is alive. There's no heartbeat. But Lord, if it be your will, would you do that? And Did you know six days later, She was born. She was not alive. I took that little casket out and buried her in Harvey, Illinois. But I'm so thankful that I never looked at the Lord and say, what are you doing? The thought crossed my mind, why did He take Melissa? But my second thought is, He knows better than I do. Maybe, and my mind went into some scenarios that would have happened, that I would have rather had her in heaven than I would on this earth. Lord, I just trust you. Leave it there. Well, I want you to notice. Look down in verse number 32. Then said, then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet saying, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. It seems to focus around what Jesus should have done and not what he is doing. And so you and I have to learn to trust him that what he is doing is good enough. Lord, it's okay that you take Melissa. It's okay with me. Just help me to learn from it. Help me to grow from it. Lord, you've got her taken care of. I can trust you with that. In verse number 33, when Jesus therefore saw her weeping over her dead brother, And the Jews also weeping, which came with her. He groaned in his spirit and was troubled. In verse 35, and Jesus wept. Do you understand that every time you hurt, he hurts? He never wants you to suffer unnecessarily. And we figure all suffering is unnecessarily. But did you know it's not? It helps us to grow. If we know he loves us, we know his way is perfect, and we're in his will, it always works right. So, Jesus, because he cares, notice what he does. In verse number 36 and 37, then said the Jews, behold how he loved him. Even the world, the Jewish people said, wow, did Jesus love Lazarus. You know what I think Jesus is crying for? I think he's crying because i got to bring him back. I don't want to do that. I want him to stay. He's got to bring him back. Well, notice, if you would, in verse number 37, and some of them said, could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused that even this man should not have died? But nobody prayed. But Jesus did. I want you to see this. Notice, if you would, in verse number 41, then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. Jesus Christ had been praying for the Martha and Mary and Lazarus and been praying for the Jews. He had been praying for them already, and he's already praying for you if you're in the middle of a difficult spot. He's asking his heavenly Father to encourage you, to strengthen you. You are never alone. And folks today, just learn that Jesus loves you. Just learn that His plan is perfect. He's got a right way. And yet, if you're going through a dark path, His way is still right, as long as you're in the middle of His will. And all that means is there's nothing between you and the Lord. Everything is confessed, and you're willing to walk with Him and trust Him. That's what it means in the will of God. I have no personal agenda, Lord, except yours. I have no sin. I'm not harboring a a sin against that person. I haven't forgiven that person. I've forgiven everybody, Lord, and and I want you to bless people, Father. I just want your will to be done. Well, notice what happens in verse number 43. And when he had thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound with a napkin. And Jesus said unto them, Loose him and let him go. Verse 45, Then many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did believed on him. So many were saved that day when they saw Lazarus walk out with his grave clothes on. They said, Wow, Jesus can do anything. Well, notice if you would in chapter 12, verse 1, you notice, then six days before the Passover came to Bethany where Lazarus was, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead, uh, there, there they served him supper and Martha served. And so. But Lazarus, notice if you would, was one of them that sat at the table with him. Don't, don't you know that Mary and Martha got together and says, why didn't we ask him to raise him from the dead? He did anyway, but wouldn't it have been wonderful if we would have trusted him? Today... Wouldn't it be wonderful if as the blessings of God came to your life and darkness that you're walking down and a light comes up, wouldn't it have been great if you'd have trusted him and prayed about that light to come? Whether it be a health issue, a financial issue, a a, a relationship issue. Folks, today, could I encourage you to learn to trust the perfect God of heaven? His way is perfect. Years ago, an English steamer named Stella was wrecked on a rocky coast. Twelve women were put in a lifeboat, as they normally put women and children in first. The wind and the waves were boisterous, and the sea immediately carried them out to sea. Having no oars, they were at the mercy of the winds and the waves, they spent a night of great fear being tossed about by the raging tempest. They probably would have lost all hope, the 11 ladies, if it had not been for Margaret Williams. Calmly, she prayed aloud for God's protection. Then, urging her companions that God's way was perfect, she encouraged him to sing with her. Throughout the dark hours, her voice rang loud across the water. The others had lost hope. Early the next morning, a small craft came searching for their boat or any survivors. The man at the helm would have missed the woman in the fog or the women in the fog if he had not heard Martha Williams singing, oh, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. He kept following the song until he found the women floating adrift You know, the Lord knew exactly where they were, but they had at least one person out of the 12 that was willing to trust the Lord and sing to him. Lord, your way is perfect. I don't know, but I will rest in you. And they were found 11 because of one. Do you understand the world is lost? They'll never find Christ unless there's one, you and I. Let's sing when it's darkest. Let's pray when we're the heaviest, because the Lord Jesus loves us. We know that. We know that His way is perfect. We know that. He has a plan for everybody in this room. But the plan is not necessarily for your liking, it's for his glory and for you and I to be more like him and that our light could shine. Remember, Martha Williams was within that boat too. I'm certain there were fears in her heart when she looked around and there was nothing but midnight, but she knew her God loved her and she knew that she was in the Lord's will. So she said, Lord, I'm going to sing. And that is what Jesus wants every teenager to do, every adult to do. Let's put our faith to our feet and to our knees. Bring your burdens to the Lord. He loves you. Let's bow our heads forward of prayer this morning. I want to be a Martha Williams. I want to, I know dark times are gonna come. They're inevitable. They're the plan of God. But God has a way through the fog. And you and I just have to do His will. Today let's learn to trust him. Father, would you speak to hearts this morning? Dear Lord, your way is perfect. I plead with you to help us to be like Martha Williams. Lord, even though Martha in the scriptures was off base and Mary didn't trust you like she could have, Lord, we can be like Martha Williams. Help us to learn to trust you. In your name we pray. Amen.